It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities, a world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday, I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to the Gina Gardner and Friends show. And today I'm with my great friend, Nicola Farmer. We've known each other for many years. She's a, a universal spiritual consultant. She has the most amazing um, things that she does. She is someone very special to me. So, Nicola, a huge welcome. Oh, thank you, Gina. Um, thank you for the lovely introduction. And you're very special to me, too. I think it's, it's, it's very mutual. So thank you for having me today. Oh, a pleasure. We're going to be talking about ego and inner child. And I think for many people that will be familiar, but for other people, they'll have a sense of ego. But before we get into that, can you just share very briefly your journey to becoming, you know, how do you become a universal spiritual consultant? Because it's something quite special. Uh, yeah, I, it started about 18 years ago. And I was in a, a pretty um, dark place myself with chronic fatigue syndrome. And, and I knew there was something more to life than laying in a bed all day and not being able to function. Um, and at the same time, I had some uh, quite amazing dreams with my sister who died when, when we were younger. And, and she appeared to me in the dreams and we were catching up on times that had passed since she died. Anyway, I pursued this and I asked questions and I got very inquisitive about, you know, life after death, if you like. Um, and then uh, someone um, came across my path who encouraged me to learn to meditate. And, and and basically he said to me, you know, these aren't just dreams. I said, no, they're very real. And I'd love to do what you do. And his face lit up and mine was like, oh, my goodness, where did that just come from? So he started to teach me to meditate. And then literally the world unfolded um i i was introduced to uh the world of spirit very very quickly and and, and a healing path so i not only went through my own healing but i learned to be a healer as well and and i've been so fortunate to 
um, encounter some incredible human teachers around the world and also consciousness itself. So I feel very blessed and, and honoured to be uh, in this position where I can guide others, um, having done a lot of healing on myself as well. So in in the in the mix we have here as a psychic medium, trance medium, healer. Um, I'm a teacher of consciousness. I work with people all around the world, teaching them how to use their intuition, how to heal. But I also create healing modalities and courses. So I have this most incredible life working with people from you know little children up to adults and everything in between and feel very blessed to be able to help people change their lives by facilitating their own healing. You know, I've been very fortunate in that I'm part of your Magdalene, I'd call it a meditation group, but it's actually so much bigger than that. Yeah. And I've been on the receiving end of one of your modalities that you've created, which is the uh, vagus nerve regeneration treatment. And I was amazed when I took part in that. Yeah. It was one of the people that you'd taught to do it where I had my first treatment because for the first time in decades, I was pain-free. Yeah. And I was pain-free for a few days. But the weird thing was I knew something was different. Yeah. But I couldn't actually language it, which is weird. I just knew it was different. And then suddenly I twigged, I'm not in pain. Yeah. Um, It's amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, we talked before um, recording this show about what we would focus on, and we could focus on any number of things. You'll just have to come back. Um, (laughs) And what you chose was to talk about the ego and the inner child. Yeah. And I know lots of people will be very familiar with um, the, the expression, you know, your ego or your inner child. But in the context of how you're using it, yeah, explain to our listeners what you mean. Okay, so the concept of ego um, has has been a bit misunderstood for a while because there's ego and there's egotism, but the ego is the part of the brain that was created thousands of years ago uh, in order to help people survive. So it's when we go into that fight or flight mode that the egoic part of the mind um, is activated. However, uh, when it was created, it was to assist with survival. But what we have now uh, is an ego mind that is in control of its human counterpart. Um, So anybody that is uh, in a state of fear, worry, anxiety, doubt, any of the negative emotions that a human being can encounter, the ego is the part of the brain that will enable uh, the, the negative emotions, but also it's become accustomed to keeping a human being in control with them. So it really is a negative aspect of the human mind. And and so what we're aiming for is for the ego to go back to its original purpose, and that's survival. Um, it's also a navigational tool through through dark times, through darkness, and 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 for the spirit as well. So um, its role needs to go back to what it was uh, originally created to be, um, and um, and that excites me enormously. 
You know, it's interesting. When I uh, consider ego, I used to say to staff when I um, when I was interviewing and appointed them, appointed them, you know, uh, we've got no room for your ego here. And by that, I meant people who would um, be so convinced that they needed to be right. Yeah. People who felt they were better than other people, people who were moody and difficult and felt it was okay yeah. and I'd say to them leave your ego at home under your pillow with your pajamas or your nighty. yeah but I think you open up the concept of ego from surviving in the physical sense mm. and I get these days I think many people are more frightened of being seen to be silly for example yeah or being seen to be wrong yeah. and that's become the skewed bit of survival that puts them in a place where they put other people down to make themselves feel good. Absolutely. Survival has has become um, a, a tool, really, to almost climb the ladder and be better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, but it's fear-based. So the person that feels that they need to be better than somebody else, there's going to be a negative emotion that's either buried within them or one that they're hiding where they may feel inadequate or fear rejection or any of those things where they feel they have to wear a mask or put on a false personality to make themselves feel better. Um, and and the ego role um is is much more subservient than masterful um, when it was created. So we need to reverse that and get it back to where it was. Yeah, I think it's interesting. We live at a time where there's challenge and um, division and fear um, is pretty much global at the moment. And I just wonder what your view is about what role the ego has to play in in perpetuating that state where people are very unresourced? Um, I always say that knowledge is wisdom. Um, and, and the more knowledge we have, the wiser we can become. However, when the knowledge that's being spread is fear-based, then you get a perpetuating cycle of fear that is almost um, uh, contagious. So... <clears throat> You know, we have this saying, um, uh, united we stand, divided we fall. Yeah, it's a well-known saying, isn't it? Absolutely. And in that divided state, you become divided with fear. Um, And fear is is also something that makes your body extremely acidic, which then becomes sick. um, And and people who have um, disease of one kind or another, disease actually thrives on an acidic body. So those that choose to spread the fear, um, they they know exactly what they're doing because they're feeding the egoic part of the mind with fear so that people become subservient to the fear. So the ego then is playing out two roles. It's playing out the ego fear-based role for its counterpart, its human counterpart. And then it's a surrogate for those out there that want to spread the fear to control humanity. So we're we're in a perpetuating cycle, which needs to be stopped pretty quickly because a fear-based world is not a happy one. 
It certainly isn't. Now, we're going to be talking about, um, continue our conversation about the ego and talk about the inner child. But we've got to go to a short break now. So don't go away. Um, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. The IRS called and sent me an email requesting payment. Is this a scam? Scammers often impersonate IRS employees by calling, emailing, or even texting you in attempts to steal your money or personal information. It is a scam. Do not respond. IRS scammers continue to be a serious threat to the public and have claimed victims in every state, and now have evolved to include pandemic-related scams. Scammers may be combative and threatening in order to bully you into sending them money immediately. The IRS always initiates communications by mail first and will never threaten to arrest or deport you or demand your personal information. The IRS does not request payment by phone, text, email, or gift cards. Protect yourself. Just hang up or delete the message. If you suspect you've been contacted by a scammer, submit an incident report to the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration at tips.tigda.gov. You can also call their TIGDA hotline at 1-800-366-4484. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Before the break, um, we were talking about the ego and how um, it's uh, very much a central part of a fear-based approach, one of division, one of um, people being unresourced. And part of that is that fear... Uh, makes us think left brain. Um, we don't access creativity and solution finding when we're in fear. We're we're in either or. We're in catastrophizing mode. Yeah. What's the relationship between ego and the inner child? Well, interestingly, um, what I uh, let me just talk about the inner child first, and then okay. I'll come on to how they're interconnected. So the inner child is the part, the essence of the human being that is the innocent, the joy, the fun-loving aspect of, of, um, of the human. And the inner child for a very, very long time has um, kind of been put in this box where uh, it needs to be healed. So a lot of people talk about the, the traumatized inner child. My inner child needs cleansing. My inner child needs healing. Um, and, and what's become more apparent, and I'm not saying that that's wrong, because I do believe that that has, has been a focal point for a lot of people who have been in negative mindsets for a very long time. And, and looking at the inner child has given them hope, if you like, um yeah so so the inner child as as i'm um guided here is as pure and as perfect as a higher self a spirit a soul as consciousness as as the god energy the creative energy and and so what i i asked was well you know what have we been trying to do all these years in healing our inner child and I'm not saying people haven't had success with it, but there's not a wholeness in the healing with the inner child. Um, and the answer came back to me that the inner child is as pure and as perfect as, as everything, every other um, etheric aspect of a human being. But in a roundabout way, what people have been trying to do is heal the negatives, which actually 
is the ego. And okay. and the ego isn't to, isn't for healing because the ego is a navigational tool and it holds all of the information about your fears, your worries, your doubts, your anxieties. So by trying to heal the inner child, we've been trying to heal the ego. The ego isn't going to ever be healed, but it can be tamed. It can be re-educated. So, so what we're looking at now is aligning with the inner child and, and utilizing that purity, that fun, that joy that he or she brings and diverting the attention to the ego to retrain it, to go back to its original role. So what we would end up with is a whole human being. Now we talk about holistic healing, holistic ways, but the word holistic comes from wholeness and if we can align with the inner child, retrain the ego, we're going to end up with whole human beings. And that is the perfect ingredient to moving forward into a more harmonic, happy, joyful life, moving with the flow of life and not being steeped in negativity. When you put it like that, one of the things that really strikes me is if you look at small children, yeah, they um, they have a love of of the world. They yeah. are in awe and wonder. You know, if you look at a small child, look at an autumn leaf, for example, it's as if it's the prized jewel, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you know that 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 capacity to um, to be with your inner child. Yeah. And to be childlike, not childish, which I think is often the role of the ego, yeah. um, that you can see the world in a very different way. Oh, through complete new eyes. Um, and, and, I, and talking about the healing of the inner child, we can't dismiss here the fact that people have traumatized, traumatized childhoods Yes. Okay. They've yes. experienced negativity in their childhood. And, and that part um, is, is absolutely nece uh, necessary to heal. But we've got to change the concept of it being the inner child that's traumatized as opposed to the childhood. Right. It is interesting, isn't it? Because so often, and I've worked with many people, and I know you have too, who have been through the most horrendous childhoods. Yeah. And yet within that, there's been such a gift. Yes. They've developed resilience, strength yeah. and empathy, yeah. a whole range of things. And although you wouldn't wish it on their worst enemy, at the same time, when they see the gift and the lesson in it, yeah. that to me seems to be where the healing lies and be interested in your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've probably shared this with you before, Gina, but <clears throat> I have um, healed a lot of trauma from my own childhood when my sister died. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I, I actually had the courage to, to find out what it was that I needed to learn to grow from um, and to look at uh, how she died um, and the reasons and the, how it connected to my life through a whole different way. Um, and, and basically what it boiled down to was that, you know, 
when people die and it's 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 a very traumatizing time and very sad and there's a lot of grief around but there's always a gift mm. yeah. there's always a gift in someone's death but people are consumed by grief and and I, and I can't take that away from anybody because you know it's part of the healing process but if if people could step back and look at what did that person gift me when they died mm. um um, and when I actually explored this myself, my sister um, uh, gave me a gift of freedom when she, when she passed over. And, and at the time, if I'd known that at the time, I would have disputed it, I would have argued it, and I'd never have believed it because I, I felt trapped as a little girl in a family of complete grief. But looking at it from an adult perspective and, and seeking guidance on this, what I was told is that at that point in my life, I was set free to become this person. Um, and however traumatizing it was, however big the mountain was that I had to climb, I was set free to do it by myself. Now, you know, at 10 years of age, you you, you don't expect a 10-year-old to have to find their way through life. Um, but then I realized that the alternative route of feeling invisible to my parents could have been more painful because they could have gone into the fear of the same thing happening to me. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Their, their, my, their attention on me was diverted by the grief so that I could become this person. And for all the trauma and the sadness and the, you know, the struggle to climb the mountain, I'm grateful for every part of that journey. You know, I lost my brother very suddenly um, a few years ago. He was 49 and he just suddenly dropped dead. Yeah. And it was afterwards, and it can it has to be with a little bit of time looking back, I think. Yeah. I looked at the gift that I gained from his uh, passing. And mm -hmm. for me, it was the, the lesson. He was a guy who wrung every bit of, every opportunity out of life mm. um, and was to really live life to the full, to yeah. value the relationships and to say those things that you wanted to say, to look yeah. after your health. Um, yeah. um, we're going to go into a short break now. When we come back, I want to talk about how, as individuals, people can help themselves to live a life that is Less, has less fear and less separation and how they can use some of the principles that you did uh, identified and developed to help themselves so yes. please don't go away we'll be back in a minute travel is part of the american way of life when we're on vacation we keep an eye out for anything that looks out of place <laughs> miss your bag when we travel from city to city we pay attention to our surroundings Everyone plays a role in keeping our community safe. Whether you're traveling for business or pleasure, be aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Welcome back. So Nicola, we've got lots of people listening to this and they may be familiar or unfamiliar with some of the concepts that you put forward. So what's the advice you'd give them in terms of how they can bring their life into more balance and alignment um, and live a life that's that's truly joyful. Okay. Well, the first thing is to recognise that there is um, something there that 
is causing you not to have a fulfilled life of joy. Okay. And, and it's evaluating what makes you happy and what makes you sad and what makes you fearful. Um, and then without focusing too much on the fears, you need to look at where they started because not one of us is born with uh, a worry, a doubt, an anxiety or a fear. Then it's learnt behaviour. Yeah. So, for instance, if you're afraid of spiders, and there's lots of people that are, um, you were uh, conditioned to be afraid of spiders. So we need to look at the root cause of the fear, the worry, the doubt, the anxiety. And normally it goes back to childhood. Now, we haven't got a lot of time on this planet to start digging deep and finding a way and looking for a path and and jogging along that path or tiptoeing along the path uh, and delicately uh, finding a way to heal a trauma or a, a past issue. Um, and I liken it to if a child falls over and grazes their knee and, you know, the knee's blooded and there's dirt and grit inside the knee, um, a, a, a good decent person would clean the knee, um, maybe put some lotion on or some cream to help it heal, and then maybe put an elastoplast over the top to you know keep the dirt out and let this let this wound heal. Well, I liken emotional wounds to be um, like the grit inside a knee of a child that's fallen over. However. These wounds fester over many, many years because they weren't cleaned at the time. So it's like putting an elastoplast over the, the graze on the knee with all the dirt and the grit underneath it, and it festers. Yes. Um, and, and then one day it, it reaches fever pitch, um, and then the person becomes sick because of the infection within the wound. So emotional wounds are no different. They can become infect infected as well. And they can be the, the mindset of the human being that will um, uh, have it maybe in the back of their mind and every now and again a trigger will bring it to the fore. So what we're looking at now is identifying the wound, looking at the cause and then ripping that elastoplast off as fast as you can and allow the poise and the infection to come out, clean it, nurture it, and love it as much as possible. Because these wounds are deep. Some aren't so deep and some are very, very deep. But we need to rip the elastoplast off pretty quick and allow the healing to start. Now, I know there's a place for counsellors and psychology and metaphysical healers, but what it comes down to more than anything is that the best form of healing is self-healing. You know, as a healer, I will facilitate a session, but I don't heal people. I give them the space and I hold a space of love for them to heal themselves. So we have to rip our own elastoplasts off and dig deep to find the, 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 the root cause of the wound and help it to heal. It's interesting, isn't it? Because so often people expect somebody external to do it for them. Yeah. 
uh, when ultimately they can, as you say, hold a space, they can give you suggestions. Yeah. But you've got to be ready and you've got to give yourself permission yeah. to do it and make yeah. that active choice. I'm just very conscious that we're almost at the end of the programme and I want to give you the opportunity to say to people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, and I know you've got a number of places that people can look and uh, different aspects of what you do. Yeah, thank you, Jaina. So I have a, a website which I call my hub site. It's uh, nicolafarmer.com. Um, and in that particular website, there's links to all of the other websites. Remains for me to say a big thank you to you. Um, thank you very much. And we'll have you back because there are so many other things that uh, we can talk about. But if you're listening to this, uh, one of the things I would ask you to do is to email me at Gina at genuinely-u.com. That's G-I-N-A, G-I-N-A at genuinely-u.com. Please let us know what you think of the programme and also make suggestions of people or themes that you would like us to cover. But at the same time, go to the uh, website, genuinely-u.com, and you will find lots of resources, free and programs, all sorts of things, or go to Gina Gardner, um, genuinely you at Gina Gardner on YouTube, and you'll find lots of, of, of videos too. For all of the listeners that listen to the program, we donate free meals through B1G1. So please encourage other people to come and listen. And thank you so much for listening to the show. And Nicola, thank you for being part of the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Jaina. I've loved every minute. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.